What is cracking, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This week, we sit down with Nick McPherson, aka Nick Goes Wild. This is one of the favorite episodes that I've ever recorded. Nick used to work for us at Cat and Cloud, and he just started his own coffee roasting company called Juno in New York. And this details this really incredible journey that happens in this really tight time span. And I think the journey is really relatable to anybody who's fallen in love with coffee, entered into that coffee workforce, and then been kind of searching for where they can make their mark or where they fit in in the coffee community. And how do you go from just wanting to do something to taking something to the next level and actually doing it and putting that together with some of the lessons that you learn along the way. One of the things that I really appreciate about doing this format is the ability to have super honest and open conversations in the hopes that someone else can learn from some of the things that we've done. And this is one of those episodes that just drills that home for me. So much fun talking to Nick. If you're down to keep it way too real, you're definitely going to love this one. Also, sidebar, Merch Corner, we've got some really amazing new shirts online and some really crazy mugs from Sean White and the Flat White Ceramics Camp. They're psychotic. Go check them out. I'll put a link in the show notes along with links to Nick's stuff. And with that, let's get into it with Nick Goes Wild, Juno Coffee Roasters. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped Coffee Packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. It's Baca, and I'm here literally with Nick McPherson, a.k.a. Nick Goes Wild. That's it. A.k.a. <laughs> Owner of Juno Coffee Roasters. Dang, that's the first time I've heard someone say that. NYC. Oh, that you're like a business owner. Yeah, that's weird. You're like, hey, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I actually hate it when people call me a business owner. It just feels weird to me. Yeah, I'm I, like, don't, I don't want to be on that like pedestal of like that's way cooler than I am right now. <laughs> and it almost feels like I don't know. I it just feels slimy to me. Like, do you own this place? And I'm like, no. You know, like, what are you gonna say after? <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's two kinds of people. I think there's a uh, there's people who. So let's say uh, here's real life example. I went to New Leaf, the grocery store, the other day, and the girl who was ringing me up was like, "Hey, you work at Cat and Cloud?" And I was like, "Yeah, totally." And she's like, "You guys are awesome." And I'm like, "Awesome." And that's the kind of person I am. And then there's the other kind of person that's like, "Hey, you work at Cat and Cloud?" Actually, I own Cat and Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> That's like the last like, uh, like, actually. Actually, I'm, I'm, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. No big deal. It's chill. No, just, no big whoop. Yeah, just own the coolest shop around. Dude, you want to go back in time? Dude, let's go back. So let's give like a quick, quick little boop, boop, boop around the world, and then we'll go back in time. Okay. So you're a coffee roaster. You used to work for us and live in Santa Cruz. Now you live in New York. 
roasting coffee for yourself. But to travel way back in time, let's like figure out your like coffee superhero origin story. Like when did you first come into this zone of coffee? Yeah. Um, okay, I was in high school. Um, so I was like, all my friends were usually like a little bit older than me. And so we were like, I would see their Instagram like, oh, they're going to like, what's this place called? Like Temple Insight? I'm from Sacramento. So these are like Sacramento companies you're going to hear. So you're a West Coaster. I'm by, a West Coaster by heart. Yeah. Got you. And, uh, and so like, I was like, whoa, that latte, that looks sick, dude. Like, where's that? And then they're like, oh, it's up in Sacramento. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, you can drive, right? <laughs> I can't. I'm like 15, 16 probably at the time. And, um. So we went up there and uh, got like vanilla lattes all day and mochas and like kind of introduced into the specialty like world in that sense. Do you think you were going there more because it was just like a place to chill where the homies were or was it like, oh, I'm, I like this beverage? It was totally like the homies first and foremost because it's like, you guys are really cool and oh, you guys go here tight. Like, let's go there. This is the spot. This is the spot. And it was like, it was a cool like. Coffee was like the catalyst for that scenario. And was there a point in time to where it, you had like a mental switch to where you're like, I think I actually like this thing. Yeah, there was. It was like, it kind of like honed in on, we were like, all right, what are we drinking? And then it's like, we would go to all these different shops and um, me and my friend Dylan, uh, who's also like co-founder of Juno, um, he's based in Sacramento right now. We, uh, we would just like go from shop to shop like every other day. We ended up at Insight. And uh, there's this dude named Darren there. And uh, we would just ask him all sorts of questions because they would have like all these different like brewing devices. And we were like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a Chemex. And I'm like, what's that? And it's like, oh, it's a V60. And like we like started diving into like this rabbit hole of, whoa, this coffee tastes way different. Um, I can tell you the first coffee we ever had that like really blew my mind was this Ethi or no, Ethiopian Colombian coffee. It was a Nariño Natural. And we were like, whoa, what is this like juice going down my throat right now? Was that at Insight? No, it was at Insight, yeah. Dang. Nariño Natural. Nariño Natural. Yeah, most people say like Ethiopian Natural is the first natural they have. Yeah, this one was totally, yeah. I figured that out later. I was like, oh, that's like totally different then. So you're exploring these different flavors these different things you're like you're kind of like a curious dude totally like you like to figure stuff out so it doesn't surprise me at all that you're like what is that oh it's a chemex was there when did you first start working in coffee or like how long did this little thing last of like oh i'm all like observe from the sidelines and then you're like i gotta get in dude yeah um more more love to insight there's a guy named daniel bear who was uh who's the head roaster for insight and he was working um, bar at one of the shops and we go and we start talking to him and he's like yeah and I like roast the coffee and we're like whoa what and I was like there's this thing called roasting coffee <laughs> and so I was like so from that point I was like all right whatever path I get to be in that position that's what I want to do and so the first like instinct was like all right I gotta work in a coffee shop and like figure that out so I was working at this pizza restaurant in Lodi, California. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Lodi. Shout out to Lodi. Dude, my my friend, oh, wow. We used to have band practice in Lodi sometimes. Really? Oh, yeah. Seth, dude, he was just like out in the mix. And we would play around the Central Valley, and sometimes we would practice at his house. Dude. So we would go to Lodi. So and I think they had a skate park, too. Yeah, they do. Like an indoor one, maybe? Maybe. I might be lying. I don't know. I think I might be confusing that with Madeira or something. Maybe. Anyway. You probably Lodi. know, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the funny thing. It's so funny because you're from Modesto and I'm from like a mini Modesto called Galt. Galt. So there's like this weird thing in in between called Which Galt is, is that north of Sacramento? It's south. It's it's right in between Stockton and Sacramento. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a road there called Twin Cities and it's Mm. called that because it's like literally the halfway mark. Because it's basically the same as like Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. It's the Twin Cities. (laughs) Totally. So you're working at a pizza joint? Yeah, working at a pizza joint. And I was like, this is tight, but uh, working in coffee would sound pretty cool, too. And, like, baristas were always, like, this cool thing to be. Right, it's a hot job to have. Hot job to have. So I was, like, I was still in high school, so I was applying at, like, Temple and Insight. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. Bring your resume. Yes, maybe something might happen. And they're just like, we're not going to hire you because you're in high school and your scheduling is going to suck. And yeah, yeah. you're going to like close like five to 10. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I ended up there was a dude uh, who would hire me in Galt. It was uh, uh, It's a Grind Coffee. It's a Grind. It's a Grind. It's like they have they got like all the blended drinks, the sweet stuff, the. They have like the dark, medium, light roast situation. It's like the classic Valley coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get it. That seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I uh, started working there and I was probably there for like six or seven months. And I was like, all right, I want to work in like, I know that this other like deeper level of understanding exists. And like, I want to be a part of that. How does that work? And so I was like, I'm not getting hired in Sacramento. So maybe try a couple other cities. So I would like go online and just put in applications everywhere. And no way. Hoping something stuck. <laughs> Where did you put applications in? Um, I, I had been to New York. I had visited there. So I was like, all right, well, that could be a cool spot. So I like applied at Joe and I applied at some other places in like San Diego. So I was like, that'd be a cool city. And <laughs> were you just, was your mindset just like, I'll fucking move anywhere Yeah. to do what I have to do? I was like, there's a goal there and like staying here isn't going to really do me much. It'd be like kind of cool to get out there and learn some stuff from some people. And had you traveled much at this point or you were just willing to take it on faith that like, I'll go somewhere different and it'll be fine? Yeah. I mean, I had traveled like a little bit, like my... My grandparents live in Seattle, so we'd go there like every year. Other family was like in LA. So we like the traveling vibe was like not that intimidating, but I think definitely like the fact of like, oh, I'm there alone, that was probably the biggest hurdle to be like, yeah, like I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll figure it out. I have no friends. Yeah. I'm just out here. (laughs) Just doing it. So you started throwing out applications. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. So finally, one stuck. It was at Joe Coffee. Um, the manager of the shop at Columbia University named Mark Zambito, he used to manage Silver Lake until he funded Oh, enough. really? Yeah. Strange. Really strange. So that was kind of a cool connection. Um, he, he was, we did like a phone interview because I was like, yeah, I can't like come in, but if you guys want to talk on the phone, we can do that. <laughs> what did they think about this kid who's putting in an application who's not even in the city, just wants to work in coffee? Uh, I have no idea. I think, one, I know... It's really funny. If you go to New York right now, there's like thousands of like barista jobs out there that are just waiting to be taken because I think the market's just so like open for some reason. Whereas like on the West Coast, you'll get like 20 applications for one barista position, I feel like. Is it just because there's more, is it because New York's so big or is there like a lot of turnover, you think? Or Yeah. And I think part of that might be that like 
it's much more of like a second job that you have mm. aside from like your main biz, which is usually like, oh, I'm an artist or I'm a musician or something like that. Everyone's got like a hustle that they're working on and they're, yeah. like, they're going like, to make it. And it's like their side job type okay. of situation. Yeah. Interesting. But there are some, there are still like a lot of people who are like, this is my jam and I'm going to like just be in this game and it's pretty cool. But yeah. <laughs> Gnarly. So you're interviewing with Joe. They called you back. You're talking to them. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, let me think. So this was, how old are you at this point? I'm 18, 18. Yeah. Okay. So you're just like barely legal, <laughs> barely, barely, <laughs> barely legal trying to get a coffee job. <laughs> yeah, basically I was like, and it was, everyone was like, I went to community college for like one summer course and I was like, this is really cool. But like school, I was pretty much over school so i was like want to try to do something else yeah, yeah i'm like the biggest advocate for dropping out of school yeah dude it's kind of my thing i barely made it through high school <laughs> <laughs> i remember i was doing a bunch of video stuff in my senior year and so like i would just like not show up to school to go do some random shoot and then like they're like hey if you just show up the last five days of school and you somehow like get good grades, you will let you graduate. But otherwise, like, this isn't going to work. That's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, right? So you got like, to graduate? So I got to graduate. That's pretty sick. And yeah. <laughs> Total sidebar, unrelated. I helped out some kid in 10th grade. He's like at the skate park the other day, and he's just skating around, and he's got this little Sony, like, handy cam thing. And we we're skating for like a half hour, and then he comes up to me, he's like, hey, man, do you mind if I, like, film you skating? And then would you be down to film me? I was like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, I got a video project is due tomorrow. Dude. And it's kind of it's for my video production class and I want to make a skate video. And my friend like totally bailed on me. And I was like, let's fucking do this, dude. dude. Yeah. Let's go. Video production was like probably my highest grade in <laughs> yeah. school. It was like, I can do that. I like doing that stuff. And then so I skated for him. And then I felt bad because I he's like, Can you film me? And I'm like, Yeah. And then I like took the camera and I'm just like filming everything. And he's like, uh, can I have the camera back? <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> I'm oh yeah yeah sorry sorry dude I that's just, like, so epic yeah it was tight so dude. yeah dude shout out to shout out to video, video production, production dude you can get it cracking <laughs> school is worth it so you're 18 job interview Joe Coffee Roasters yeah um, interviewed they like call me back and they're like yeah when can you start so okay so the reason that they're hiring too was because they're opening a second location at Columbia so mm. they needed like a fat staff so gotcha. they were kind of like okay cool yeah we need as many people as we can get right now so, so they're bringing on like a boatload of people yeah exactly so perfect timing so for perfect you. timing for me um, and it's actually in the masters of film arts a school at Columbia. So like we're making coffee for people making movies and whatnot. And it was tight. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if that would make me jealous or like anxious or it was, it was a little bit conflicted. I was, <laughs> <laughs> was kind of like a cool thing just to be like, Oh, you guys are cool. And then they're like, yeah, it's, it's fun. And then I have like this film tattoo. So they were like, do you go to school here? And I was like, no, I'm just like working here, but it's cool that I'm in this building. And then like start talking to people and got to help on a couple of student films and whatnot. And like, that's sick. it was a pretty cool opportunity just to be there. And that's zone. so rad. Yeah. But yeah, so there's like a month, month and a half between like the interview and me going out there and yeah. And then you, so in that month and a half, we're just like, all right, I'm fucking going to New York mentally prepare myself like what did you bring you know dude i <laughs> i packed a little too heavy i brought like my 
all my pour over equipment, I brought like a V60, a scale, an electric kettle. That was like that and my video stuff took up like a carry on suitcase and then like all my clothes and everything in a second suitcase. Such a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. That's the same thing that I did when I started working at Ritual in San Francisco. And I remember the first week I was there, it was like one of my days off and I came in to set up a cupping in the basement and people were like, Oh, you're a nerd. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sorry. Dude. sorry. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. It was pretty tight. Dude. And I didn't, when I first got there, I didn't really have a place to stay. So I went on this awesome website that I don't recommend called couchsurfing.org. <laughs> it's like Airbnb, <laughs> but free. It's awesome. I do not recommend it. I do it. not recommend it. It's a total piece of crap. Run into some sketchy people on there. Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right, so I have to go to work. Well, where can I put my stuff? Because like New York's just tiny cafes. They can't like hold your stuff for you. So I found this place that like you could like haul your luggage for like when tourists are like around and whatever. So I like, all right, just put park it there for a little bit. And I'd go there like every day. And do just, you like pay for the day? Or? Yeah, it's like it was like 15 bucks a day. Okay. It was not the worst thing ever. And then the second day was like my first day of training. Um, and so I was like, we were like there and I was on the computer looking for places to stay. And I was like, Brian, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, well, if you can't find any place, we're going to like this coffee event thing. And then you can come stay at my place after. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. So that was my first throwdown. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like was staying at my trainer's house who I met like that day. Oh my God. Such a nightmare. Yeah, I slept on my friend's couch for a few months because really? I didn't have a place to stay either. And I was too shy to ask people at like work. To yeah. like, oh, hey, do you have like an apartment or whatever? And I remembered I was talking to this dude, Chris, who I just saw yesterday. And he had an opening in his house. And like, I didn't even ask him about it. And then this other girl's like, hey, do you guys have a room? And he's all, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. I like missed my opportunity. <laughs> no. I was such a chump. Yeah. Dude. But yeah, sleeping on the couch was whack. Oh, it's 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 fun. I thankful forever I have though. So many couches I've slept on in that city. It's kind of gnarly. It's so gnarly. Um, but cool thing, I now live in that house. Which oh, is you pretty really? cool. Yeah, that's weird. It's full super circle. weird. Full circle, just like this podcast. Dude. Did you complete? <laughs> uh, complete? Did you compete in that throwdown? No, I no. didn't. I didn't even compete until like a year later because I would like I would close at whatever cafe I was at and then like get there as they're starting, so like right after signups and whatever. Were you latte art proficient at this point? No, not at all. No, we like we would try at the that the cafe I was at in Galt and then like at Joe, I was like kind of getting the hang of it, but it was like one of those like really skinny rosettas that just doesn't look like anything. Like the twig style. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like a rosemary sprig. Hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> My first rosetta. My first rosetta that looks nothing like a rosetta. It's so tight. you got on, you got on a Joe. Yeah. You're working near all these like artsy, fartsy, awesome film people. Yeah. Sleeping at your trainer's house. Freaking great. Going to throwdowns. And then, so you're working bar, and that's probably like a big time of education and jump and learning for you. Totally. This is like your first kind of like third wave coffee job, right? Yeah, that those first like few weeks of training, we were like we didn't have the full bar setups. So we were serving like drip and pastries while the bar was getting like built out and whatnot. And then we would like have a pretty safe space of like, oh, this is how espresso works. This is what milk does. What different steaming, whatever. And then kind of learned in that safe like area like where you weren't being like hey, talked to by people pummeled <laughs> yeah exactly it's like my first day i'm being pummeled <laughs> yeah stop so yeah just learned so much in that area and you're like oh like 
that's this is coffee. This is weird. And were you still thinking ahead of like, okay, now I'm here and I'm learning how to make coffee and I'm learning to do latte art and now all this stuff, but I still want to roast the coffee. Totally. Yeah. Which is like kind of a funny thing. Cause like I'm a pretty big planner, which I think you know better than anyone else. Oh yeah. And, um, so like I would, I was talking to Mark and I was like, Hey, where's the roaster at? And he's like, Oh, it's in red hook, which is like two hours from here by train. I was like, cool. Is there like, do they ever like have people there or whatnot? He's like, yeah, maybe we could check it out sometime. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and finally one day they had this class that was called seed to cup where you could go and like, they had a whole presentation of like, this is a coffee cherry and these are all the different parts. And then we like, these are the processes and then we get it and we roast it and these are our roasters. And yeah, that was like my first introduction to like, this is a roaster. This is what coffee does in a roaster. What did you think when you got there, like in the roastery? What was the most mind blowing thing to you? Oh man! Because I I remember the first time I went in like a roastery proper. I think was I remember I had met Dwayne who owns Stumptown, and at one of the competitions, and he somehow like offered me up his number, and he's like, "If you're in Portland, like hit me up," or gave me his email, and I did. Nice and. He wrote back, which was like the weirdest fucking thing ever. And he like we set up a meeting. I'm just like a kid. Like I wasn't anybody. And like he took like three hours out of his day and like did a cupping with me. And I was like, my mind was fucking melted. But we went into the old roastery, which was at the division store. And he like opened up this like bucket of coffee and he looks at it and it's like roasted coffee. And he's like, oh, yeah, this looks like a like guatemala or something and i was like how the fuck can you tell like it all just looks like little brown like beans to me like i don't understand dude that's funny yeah this is before i worked at ritual and i just competed one time and yeah so i competed one time and then i went to nationals just on my own because you could like go on your own at that point in time but i saw him there and he's like oh hey he's like you competed at the like the western regional and i was like yeah that's crazy he's like yeah i watched it it was really good and i'm like well i don't know about all that but thank you well, thanks and he's all i'm Dwayne. i'm like yeah i know who you are <laughs> i get it <laughs> that's kind of a good feeling though when you're like oh you're like a real human being too and you're like just introducing yourself it's cool yeah he was chill and it, yeah he gave me his car it was like the weird i don't know i I was super thankful for that experience, yeah. and I was just like, shout out to Dwayne, and he's doing Huge some new shit now, Dwayne. dude. Dwayne's a shit. I fucking dude. love that guy. He's wild and crazy and awesome. That's but tight. yeah, it, like the idea that like, you could tell what coffee is just by looking at it, I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like when we were when we would roast the answer, we would look and be like, oh wait, is this the Brazil or the Colo? And you're like, that smells like peanut butter. That's a Brazil right there. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> you just munch on some beans. You're like, you know what it is. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snatty for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes like purple. It's yeah, it tastes like purple. It's it's so weird to like get to that point of like like but why can we do this? This is bizarre. It's super weird. So weird. And it's it's funny because at the time it seemed so unattainable. I was like, I'll never be able to do that. Like I'll never be able to look, taste, smell, and just like you know, you're not even drinking it. You're just like (laughs) looking at it. And now you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. Dude, that was me in roasting. So I was like, what's that curve thing? How did you get it to like come down and back up? <laughs> I was like, what is this like? And now, yeah, it's so weird. It, yeah, it's it's part of the weirdest journey. So you, you made it to the roastery. Made it to the roastery. Took the seed to cup class. Yeah, sitting on some burlap looking over at uh, Andrew who was roasting some beans. And I just remember watching him and I would like try to keep a timer on like, 
how long his like roasts were going for and like just try, like trying to figure it out ahead of time. Yeah, just totally trying to like just figure out what was happening around me. It was yeah. Did you at that point where you just kind of bugging him a little bit more than like I'm in the roast? You're like so. Uh, Maybe I go back and yeah. <laughs> go there every day. Dude, totally. It, it got to the point where um, I would run into Ed Kaufman, who used to be oh, at yeah. Stumptown. Yeah, yeah, I know, Ed. And, uh, and so I would see him at like, their headquarters, and I was like, hey, do you think like you could show me what like the sample roasting thing is? Because I like, knew that that was a thing, but like, I was like, I just, I'm turning green coffee into roasted coffee. Like, that's all I wanted to obtain at that point. And I was like, sample roasting, that doesn't seem like you're too expensive or anything. <laughs> I'm not like throwing 20 pounds into a roaster. And, right. Yeah. It's just, it's a just like bag. a little thing, you know? Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And he was, he was super cool about it. And he was like, yeah, man, like, what are you doing Tuesday at 10 or whatever it was? And I was like, uh, going to pulley. <laughs> Which for everybody who doesn't know, that's like the roasting collective. Yeah. Right. That's like, there's probably like at least 10 different roasters that are in that space. And Joe rents out like two and a half days there and like, goes to town yeah so if you're on the west coast you'd go to like berkeley co-rose the yeah. same kind of thing there's now one in oakland too uh pulley in oakland oh there's a pulley proper in oakland yeah, pulley which proper. is not the same thing as co-row holy smokes yeah it's bizarre i went there for the first time they have like two or three wholesale or not wholesale but you like accounts there so if you want to get in on the early pulley game huh it's a good spot to be street knowledge right <laughs> Dude, there right there <laughs> so you went to pulley and did you get to roast coffee that day um not the same day we talked but like uh, like a later week, he was like showing me like, like yeah, you just turn on the burner like this and you mess with the airflow like that and you roasted coffee. <laughs> was it a barrel roaster? Or? Uh, yeah, it was like the little like double barrel situations. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, no. And then, so after that, I was like, all right, how can I roast coffee at home? Like, how can I do this more often? So I went and bought like a popcorn machine yep. and a little notebook and like pen. I was like trying to figure out the data because I knew data had something to do with coffee and like it was important to track and try to manipulate things to get the best taste out of it. So I was like, all right, I know this is just like a popcorn maker, but there has to be things I can do to like make this taste good, kind mm. of. <laughs> did you get it from Sweet Maria's? I did. Yeah. Did the, Sweet the red one? Uh, probably maybe i think i bought the same one it was pretty tight Dude. i blew oh, it yeah, up did yeah. you blow the motor up no yours so, lasted it, it lasted somehow i like i was so worried about it like overheating because it would smoke up and at the time i was in an apartment with no windows <laughs> just drinking hot boxing, <laughs> just hot boxing, hot boxing coffee, coffee. <laughs> so i'd like crack the door open and then all the way in the kitchen there's like a window like 30 feet away and i cracked that open and, like hope for the best holy shit and <laughs> So I had like a little stir, like you little couldn't just spoon. roast it in the kitchen. I guess I probably could have. No, there's like no uh, counter space. It was like oh. a sink and whoa, yeah, stony. Yeah, it was pretty tight. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would take like this wooden spoon and like stir it, and I was like, hopefully this is like giving it some more air, so it doesn't like just die on me. Dang. Yeah, that's heavy. It's pretty fun. So you got the popcorn popper going. Got the popcorn popper going. Freaking hanging out with Ed. Yeah. And then did that. You were still doing your barista job. And yeah. This is just kind of like a side fun project. A little side thing. Just want to learn stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Working the barista job. And then I think some at some point I was, I had been away from home for like two or three months. And I was like, I want to go say hi because I miss everybody. And this long as I've been away from home. So I booked a flight in like November and to come out because we, we had been listening to your podcast for like almost a year at this point or 
like very towards the beginning, Darren introduced it to us and we were like, oh, this is tight. Sick. Yeah. So yeah. So this is like full circle for me to now be on it. It's bizarre. Dude, it's so meta right now. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> it's time travel. Yeah. This is what it is. This is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, so I've been listening to the podcast and like, oh dude, they're opening in like October. Like I probably can't do October, but maybe like December. And so I like booked that trip and came out the first time. And I think that was the first time I met you too. Yep. I remember that because I was leaving or something and then you guys were walking in or walking out or I was getting there you to do a getting, late shift yeah. and you were leaving because you guys you were like the, closing <laughs> and yeah. then you came in you're like, yeah, dude, night roast. Night roast. I was, I was rolling harder than night roast because you had that Intelli hat on the pink yeah. hat with the coffee cherries. Yeah. So I was like, that's a coffee person right there. I was like, I don't know anything about what's going on except that person works in coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, chill. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it was you and your homie, and I was getting ready to rip it up. Yeah, and then we like pushed your night back like an extra two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's chill. <laughs> well, we were just talking about like video and stuff like yeah. that, like film, which is cool because nobody, there's not a lot of people to talk to about that stuff if you're into it on the deep yeah. level. It's, you know what I mean? Especially like, yeah, in Santa Cruz, it's like there, but it's like not an everyday thing for sure yeah you're yeah. just i don't know yeah. there's like one other dude who i know that does video here chris who's like super talented and then we're just i don't know it's just yeah. like a different vibe it's totally a different vibe. A different vibe it's cool to find people who do like video and coffee like my roommate used to work in coffee a bunch and now he's doing like full-time video stuff but it's like coffee video hand in hand sweet yeah so sick <laughs> so tight <laughs> So you came, were you there just to see the space or? Yeah, we were like, we, I think we left Sacramento at like 2 PM, got there like at five and we're like, oh, we're getting there like the last hour. I'm sorry. But then we like, we went in there and it was like Natalie and Nikki J and we were like, oh, funny. They were freaking homies. That's so funny. So yeah, Natalie was the first person that I saw at Cat and Cloud and now we're like, now you're still homies to the day. (laughs) Walked in the cafe. Cafe, cafe shop, cafe shop, cafe shop, walked in the coffee shop this morning and you guys are just having coffee. It's great. So sick. She's a friendly person. She's pretty friendly. Yeah. It's not too bad. (laughs) She's not too bad. She's okay. Hey, we'll keep you around for a while. You're doing a great job. Customer reviews are high. Courtesy on point. Courtesy. Accuracy. (laughs) Very accurate. (laughs) Got that case on lock. So what else did you do that trip? You just like visited the coffee shop and then were like visiting your family because you were freaking out or whatever. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was like the one of the first things we did was like, all right, dude, we've been like, it's like two months deep that they've been open. We still haven't been. What are we doing? That's wild. So yeah. when I met you, you hadn't actually really been living in New York for a super long no, time. No, not at that point. Yeah. Interesting. I think, yeah. I think I was like, yeah, I made like my first video and like showed it to you and you're like, oh, cool. And, and I was like, make one all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you should make one. You should keep doing that. Make more. Yeah. Do them all. Make more. Keep going. Do more. You're like, I think I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good idea. Visiting. And then did you have any perspective when you came as far as like being back with your family and like weighing that against like how that felt to be in New York? Yeah, it was it was such a weird vibe to be like, oh, like it's so much slower here and it's like, this is, I can relax maybe, but I was like kind of on edge all the time. Cause like, why are we sitting on this couch for 10 more minutes? <laughs> like, let's go somewhere. Let's do something. It's like felt a little stagnant. And I was like, Whoa, New York's crazy. Like you don't realize like how intense it is until you leave. And right. You're like, Whoa, that was nuts. So were you hyped to get back once you got back? Or? Yeah. Super yeah. stoked to be back. You're just like, Oh, this is like, 
right, time to jump back into it. Go get it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's weird. So when you went back, were you still working at the barista situation? Yeah, still doing the barista situation um, there for like another month or two. And then I came back to visit again. Um, Was that when we interviewed? That's when we interviewed, funny so enough. Did you ever have, were you, were you working sample roasting ever? Or was it just like pretty casual with Ed? Really casual with Ed, yeah. Casual Ed relationship. Totally. <laughs> what made you think you wanted to move back to California? Honestly, it was like, like the two things kind of lined up. One, we were like kind of obsessed with what Cat and Cod was doing and like the values that you guys held. And like, we're like, dude, that's like, they're treating people right and they're doing everything and like, it was cool and it was like startup and I knew that at some point I wanted to like have a company or whatever. So it was like kind of relatable on that level. Um, and then I, I was constantly looking online for like roasting jobs that could eventually happen. Mm -hmm. And like, I just like flew out Well, I booked my ticket. And then the day before my flight, you put up the post for that you're hiring for a production roaster. <laughs> and so, so I was like sick that's tight and so I like emailed you that day and like showed up the next morning I was like Jared and Nikki J were opening I was like what's up Jared just, <laughs> just sent you a little something in the inbox that's awesome did you talk to him yeah I talked yeah. to him for a little bit yeah that was a fun try that was the that was the time where we like I flew in at like 12 at night and we drove straight to Santa Cruz and like 2 to 5 a.m. we were sleeping in the parking lot across the street and they came on over like all right they're open let's go yeah it's cool that you talked to jer and it's cool that you talked to like natalie and everyone that was in there and i don't think a lot of people realize but that had a lot to do with you getting the job and it has a lot to do with like other people who get hired who yeah. are as, you know everyone in the cafe is like a sniper they're like they know and i'm like hey i'm interviewing this guy like what was he like when he came in like what was yeah. he doing what was the what was the deal and they're either like oh yeah he was super friendly or like i don't know he's kind of a dick like you know he's like only nice to you not nice to anybody else yeah that's so everyone's on the lookout so if you're trying to get a job pro tip you got to treat everybody right dude it's got real to. <laughs> if it's you want to get the job it's like you can put on a front so much and then but like if you just like adapt yourself to be like, Hey, if you're not a nice person, you can be. And like when you are like things just happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It could be better for you. It could be better it for could you. Be better for you. And like, yeah, better for yourself and everyone around you. People like it. Yeah. You interviewed and I remember you interviewed and then I think you drove to Sa Sacramento and then Alex was working with us in the roastery a lot too. So I was like, Hey, this looks promising, but you need to come back because I have to have you meet Alex because Alex is like my dude. Yeah. And everything that I do needs to be like, I need his buy-in or it's not going to work. Totally. I know. You like, got to make sure the whole team is like, can work well together. And yeah. Like, be cool. So I'm like, come back. And you're like, ah, yes. Okay. So you, you didn't actually say it like that, but you came back like the next day. So you're like, fly in, boom, interview, drive. What is it? Like two and a half hours? Yeah, like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Drive two and a half hours back. I remember waking up and seeing the text from you and I was like, I got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. And I remember I, uh, I, I was surprised in my mom too. Cause I think it was like her birthday that weekend. And so I went and saw her like that morning for like lunch or something. And surprised her. I was like, Hey. And as we're like at that lunch, I was like, can I borrow your car? <laughs> I got to go back to Santa Cruz. Happy birthday. Give me the keys. <laughs> Basically. It's like, Bye. Toodles. Have a great time. <laughs> Happy birthday. Love you. Bye. 
That's sick. Dude, yeah. So just bolted back and uh, we hung out and talked some more with Alex. Yeah. Who's still like a rad homie to this day. Interview, got the job. Yeah. Working in the roastery. Yeah, that's like the dream. Finally behind happened. the machine. That was so funny too because I've talked to Natalie about it and um, she, was, she said that when I left, like she was like, so? And then I guess I'll let you say like what happened in that situation because like I remember you called like when I was on the road and you're like, hey, like you want to like work for us? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but there was like an hour gap where like you're like, yeah, I'll let you know within like 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll find out like sometime tomorrow. So sick. <laughs> Suspense, dude. Dude, it's so hard. Suspense is high. Yeah. That's like the worst period of time when you're dude. looking for a job. Yeah. You're you're like, is like, my life going to change? You're like, fuck, dude. Just let me know what the hell's happening right now. Am I about to move again? Like, you're what's like, happening? Like, putting all these things together. And then you did. And you moved to Santa Cruz? Yeah, four weeks later. Where were you living? You had, like, some weird living situation, right? Uh, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, your MO is yeah. just to move somewhere and live nowhere. Figure it out. I, uh, I bought my... Uh, dad's jeep for 1k and it was like dying but it worked so i drove into santa cruz found a nice little quiet spot and crashed there oh you were sleeping in the parking lot for a while too yeah it, yeah but i think we had to tell you that you couldn't sleep in the parking lot anymore well my car broke down and oh, i didn't have a place right. to tow it <laughs> so like <laughs> can you just tow 3600 portola and yeah so i was like kind of crashing there but before that i was like there's a little residential neighborhood by the hook and there's like one side of the street with houses, one side of the street without anything. So I was like parked there. And, and I remember one time I went to get green coffee from the storage unit and I came back and we were unloading it. And you were like, it looks like you're living in this thing. I was like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really get, what are they going to think? That's so gnarly. Yeah. Were you feeling like I need to get a place to live or are you feeling like this is just... I, I was I was like I'm looking, doing? but I was kind of like, oh, this is like hopeless. Like there's no place I can afford here. I'm just going to do this. And like Natalie's like family was cool enough. I could like crash there every once in a while, take showers and stuff. That's a good time. Dang. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I remember we were trying to get you to put something up in the cafe. Yeah. Right. I was like, dude, put something up You're in the so cafe. About. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, felt bad. I kept like, I was almost like I was like fucking demanding it of you. I was like, dude, put a little <laughs> note card, put it by the register. Dude, every day. Hey. <laughs> I'm Nick. I need a home. Yeah, I, I did like I like did not want to put that on display for whatever. I think it was just like an ego thing. Like, no, I don't need help. I'm fine. I'm gonna survive somehow. Yeah, that's how I was in San Francisco, and I realized I did it totally wrong. Yeah, that's the only way to find housing in a city like that. Especially here, like Craigslist is just worthless. Yeah, if you're trying to find housing, for the most part, it's just you got to know people and like you do our clientele is really cool because a lot of people have little like little units or little things there's a lot of unassuming landlords yeah. in santa cruz it's like undercover style that's true and like everyone's like santa cruz has like some of the nicest people in the world where like they would totally help you figure something out too even like or they're just like yeah we totally have a place like i was like i ended up finding a room for like 800 a month and i was like that's i can do that nailed it nailed it nailed it like three months later hell yeah sick so you're learning roasting yeah we're working together this is weird because we were working together so i'm like asking you what happened but i was actually there you're well i mean different perspectives on it right yeah so i was like you're working with me and working with you like how did it feel just to be like in the roastery it was like kind of surreal i was like 
I remember at first that is like trying to figure out what was going on. I feel like I said that like 10 times in this podcast. But Surreal? No, figure it out and surreal. I think that's just everyone's life. It's like everyone's it's life like is trying just... to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't stop. You figure one it's thing out life. and then you're like, there's something else I have to figure out. Yeah. Gotta figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, so yeah. Man, we were doing that. We were roasting coffee. Um, I remember I remember like the first week you're like, all right, so I'll like roast with you. And I was like, cool, you're here. Feel safe. And then you're like, cool, you're gonna roast on your own. And I was like, all right. Yeah, what happened? I forget the... It was like probably a week or two where we were like roasting together. I think you just wanted to like hand me the rails a little bit to like see if I could handle it on my own because you were going out of town like a few weeks later. That's what... Something was going on. Yeah. yeah. Where so, was I going? I don't remember, but... What was this? It was like April. It might, maybe it was Expo. It might have been Expo. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was something to where it's like you came on at this weird time to where it's like, okay, someone's going to need to be able to roast coffee by themselves like really quickly yeah. so i think that's what it was it's like all right we work together for a while and then that's like a trial day yeah like see how you do <laughs> you're like good luck it's so funny looking back on it because i'm just like what the fuck was i thinking and you're probably like what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. yes. i was kind of like well i guess it's like the best way to learn is just jumping into it but this is like a whole new level <laughs> yeah it's just like here here's the nut. Sh- you've been like kind of ghost riding for like a couple of weeks and now what does it look like when you're by yourself Dude, yeah but it was like it was probably the best way to learn i don't like it was just kind of you just had to handle it you know and yeah, it's I guess like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you just learn a lot about how you adapt to situations, and you just kind of like, yeah. It's a different kind of learning. It's, it's definitely totally. different than I would do it now. And it's also like, I was also at this weird disadvantage because it was the, f- it was kind of like the first time that I'd ever really taught someone right. how that worked. Because yeah. I had been teaching like espresso and barista stuff for a really long time and felt like really, really comfortable with that. And over like years of doing it, you develop like tried and true methods that work to get people like where they need to be in a decent amount of time. And with roasting, I just hadn't done that. Like I've been doing it all by myself and it was kind of like the first teaching experience where I'm like, Oh geez, I don't even know what like my truths are. Like with espresso, I'm like, okay, here's my truths. Like this, 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 and that. We put these things together. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> just like, like this way. Yeah. Well, it kind of like worked out the fact that you had been training on espresso, and that's what I was working on right before coming here. So like, there is. I remember like a lot of analogies from like, all right, you know how like when this happens with espresso. Well, that's kind of what's happening in roasting. And it's like, it worked out in that way. Yeah, I was really relying on drawing parallels for that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is kind of like pulling a shot and it goes like this. This is like over extraction. Yeah. This is like blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super amazing. That was like a pretty wild time. Yeah. It was <laughs> so, cool. I mean, it was like the biggest learning jump that I had done up to that point about like learning about roasting. So it's like any information you gave me was like the biggest like help. (laughs) I could do this. Like, all right, feeling strong. How long did you work for us? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't either. Were you in the mindset of like, okay, I always want to do my own thing. Like that's like always on my mind. Kind of. I think, I think I was able to put that on hold because you guys were so open to like new ideas. And that was like a really cool thing to be like, man, like if I had like my jam, like this is what I would do. And like, 
that's kind of happening like no matter where you're at i feel like so you're just like oh man this would be a cool thing to do and so i'd introduce those ideas to you and like a lot of time you're like yeah dude that's awesome let's like try it out or it was like no that's not the best idea and here's why <laughs> you're like oh yeah you're, you're right yeah those are always fun ones yeah you're like nah nah yeah like, maybe not yeah but i mean like it's it's probably better that way than being like yeah let's try everything because now i can figure it out a little quicker than like trying it myself or you already have like the wisdom to be like mm, no yeah which is it's actually hard as a boss to communicate why like you shouldn't do something or you don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Cause it's like this delicate balance between making that person feel like their input is appreciated and like you're, you like that they're thinking on that level, but then communicating that like, I've thought of some of this too already and I have this experience and right. this is not going to work. Yeah. And just being able to, that's something I've been working a lot on is like how to communicate that without it seeming like just some, like just saying no, like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Not going to work. Well, I mean, like, what's awesome about you guys is that you set a foundation of, like, these are our values, and if anything that you guys come up with goes and, like, fits in those values, like, more than likely it's going to work out. So it was, it was cool to be able to already have the mindset of what you were looking for and then be able to speak to that because, like, you already set that foundation. You just, like, filter it. Yeah. It is nice. You can, like, pre... like It's like you pre-test your ideas. Right. It's like a litmus test for your ideas. You run them through those things, and if they don't check out, then... Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Step one. Step one. Um, so then, well, I don't know. How do you want to talk about the transition? Dude, yeah. Like, what time is it right now? Uh, we're at 44. If we like just leave this in, like it could be a really cool like learning experience for like other people who may come into this situation too. I think so too. Yeah. And so I, I'm like, yeah. And I think just to like put the plug on what could potentially be like a really awkward situation is we worked together. You worked with us for like X amount of time. And here's my take on, from my perspective. And then you can tell me from like your perspective. So yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like the things that I know about you are that you're like really curious. You want to know why things are done the way they are. And you're always like probing for a better way. So out of most people that I've worked with, you had like a ton, like probably more new ideas to throw into the fire than, than a lot of other people. Like it was happening on like an incredibly regular oh, basis. Yeah. And I like... always had the worst timing with bringing it up. <laughs> you guys would be like on the bar on your computer. So they'd be like, all right, I have like three minutes on the roaster. I just started this batch. Chris, what do you think about this? What do, why don't we do it like this? What, what do we do? We could do it this way. Yeah. We could do it this way. And you're like, dude, we got to test out this program in its entirety. And, and then in combination with that, you are really passionate about like things being done a certain way. Mm. And those are both like things that I could really, really relate to because in a lot of ways I'm the same way to where I'm like, this is the way, like you need to fucking believe me. Like, why yeah. are you not believing me? And then on the flip side of that, I was struggling with, I was struggling with a few things. So the one thing I was struggling with was like, just the idea and role of being like a manager because I'd never yeah. been that before. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I guess it works like this because my path is like much different than someone like Jared. So where Jared's like, he's an employee, he's a barista, he's like, and then he's like a shift lead and then he's a manager. Right. And that's like his career. It's track. more of a linear path. In my track was more like, okay, I'm a employee, I'm a barista, and then I click over to more like 
education and like teaching, but I and then like ratchet up from there. But I'd never been like directly responsible for people. Like I've never managed a cafe. Yeah. Nor have I managed like a large group of people. Nor maybe have I ever managed like one person ever. Um, so I don't know how to navigate that space. Sure. So I'm like figuring that out, figuring out how to communicate like what I think we should do best, and then figuring out how to communicate with you or just everybody. Yeah. Um, and I was, it, it came to this point to where I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you were probably feeling like the same things too. Yeah. Or a different version of the same things. Sure. I remember like, it's so like when we were talking about everything, it like from the beginning of like, all right, this is a job. This is what we're going to do. And, and then like, you're like, would you be down to like do media stuff and like all this and that? And I was like, yeah, totally. Like that'd be sweet. And then we start getting into it and like, I didn't realize like how intense like the roasting situation would be. And then like you start taking on more projects and you're like, yeah, dude, like this is tight. And you forget that like, oh yeah, this is what I signed up for. And I like, I'm all in on this thing. And then like to anybody like looking at someone in like a startup situation or like any business where they're just like bought into it, it looks a little crazy. <laughs> and they're like, and so like people were, I, I was dealing with like a weird personal life of just like life and like new culture and everything and then people are telling me like dude you're doing what and you're like sacrificing what to do that like no that's like ridiculous you should like talk to them about it and I was like I, I guess yeah and then like you start believing that like like wait what are they doing like to me and then like you're like wait a minute no like you, you start like having this identity crisis of what you signed up for and what you believe in. And then this peer pressure of how you should be thinking about it comes in of like, what's normal. Right. And like, that's, that's where the, the split happened where I like suddenly started believing those feelings and like, I started bringing them out and it was like a really ugly thing. Which, and then, <laughs> right. And which ultimately reached ahead, which was, we created, it created a situation where like the expectations of both parties just like didn't really match totally. up. And it was just like, okay, so like what you're thinking is not matching what I'm thinking. And the thing that I realize now is it's like it like it doesn't matter who's right or wrong or there is no right or wrong. Right. It, and it's just like everybody deserves to be like at their prime time and like be their happiest. Yeah. And we were in a situation to where it's like, Hey, this is not making either of us our happiest. Right. So we should figure out a way to just like, boom, like split up and like move through this. Totally. And like, hopefully learn from that situation. Right. And like, yeah, I was talking to Alex about this the other day or yesterday. Um, we, cause we were talking about the book that you had recommended, uh, called extreme ownership. Oh yeah. I'm like halfway through it. And it's great. He's like, yeah, well, it's like your biggest takeaway. And I was like, dude, the, the, I think it's like in chapter four, it talks about like taking ownership of your like mistakes and like the fact that no matter what anyone else like did or like the facts of the facts of like what happens and like whatever blame you want to put on someone is like all up to a matter of opinion. And like, you, the best way to do it is just take ownership of like, that was my bad. And like, I knew what I was getting into and I, and like, I'm the one that like messed up at that point. And like, at that point I was like kind of putting blame on other people where it's like, no, that's actually like my fault. I needed to like own that. The coolest thing about 
that mindset is that by accepting ownership of something, you then have power to change it. Right. Because if you don't accept ownership of anything and they're like, I don't know, it's not my fault, then you can't actually like empower yourself to like improve your life or make it better because it doesn't have anything to do with you. And that's like a shitty place to be in. Yeah. I think no matter like what happens, actions will happen, but it's all about how you react to those things. And that's one of the things I was learning is like, right. I need to figure out how to react to this best. Right. That's a good, like, that's a pretty sick learning experience. Yeah. It honestly was like as crappy as it is in the moment, you're just like, it's, you learn so much from it. And I remember when like we sat down, it was just like, you just kind of said it how it was. And I was like, you know what? Like what's more important than this situation right now is the fact that a year later we can still like have this awesome relationship. And like, cause that's more important than like any given situation. It's the relationship you have with the people you meet. And, yeah. yeah. It's chill. It was funny when, when we did that whole situation and like we met that morning, I was like, after it was done, it's like obviously a really emotional situation but i also felt really good about it because i knew it was the right decision for both people involved and it was like the healthiest thing for like the relationship as a whole so i was like man i actually feel pretty good yeah because i know that like down the line it's not just about me getting what i want or you getting what you want it's like this is like the good thing to do right and I, yeah, I felt kind of all right about it as a whole as well. I like your, my first reaction was like, dude, what the hell just happened? For sure. <laughs> and then you're like, and then like you like get into it later and you're like, you know, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't even have the opportunities that we have today and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, things happen. Yeah. It, it was honestly one of like the biggest, like it taught us a lot of different stuff it's from cool. like onboarding how to do that and like filtering more people through the cafe training like now i mean i don't even do the roasting training anymore because like grace is on fire she's just she owns it she's a fucking so good beast dude she's killing it yeah she's super good so stoked her that whole crew is like next level but like doing things like just a lot differently with her and then just growing as like a, a person and it's like it's like so hard but it's like those times when you're just like like feeling so much emotion and they suck so much in the moment. Like, dude, those are the times when you're actually going up. Yeah. Those are the times when you're like improving yourself. Like, even if you don't know it in the moment. And I think the key is to just like plowing through that, like facing like that difficult situation and be just like, Hey, this is, this is fucked up. Like we have to do something about it. Yeah. Which is cool. That's really cool. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. So where, when you left, like, where did you go directly after that? You went so, back to New York or. So I had like, I remember I had just paid my rent um, for June. So I like chilled in Santa Cruz for a minute. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like decompress. I was probably in the cafe like every day after that. Like just like writing in my notebook or whatever. It was kind of funny because like my day to day didn't quite change. Like I still woke up, went to Cat and Cloud and like did the thing like (laughs) nothing happened. (laughs) And like, yep, this is the only difference now is I pay for an espresso. But other than that, like, it's the same deal. Yeah, I live here. Yeah, basically. So like, yeah, I remember the first thing I did was I was like, all right, well, I still want to keep in this mindset of like roasting coffee and like the roasting company. Like, I don't know how or when it'll happen, but I have this notebook and I was like writing out like, all right, this is how we're going to get the green coffee. This is how we're going to roast it. Maybe I can rent time somewhere. And then it went into like, all right, this is how web orders will come in. This is how we'll fulfill it. And just kind of start building that like plan. And 
Yeah, so that's what I did for like those first few weeks. So you're like concepting what would become Juno like in your mind. Kind of, yeah, totally. Maybe I, not even knowing that that's what it was. I didn't even know the name until like literally the first day we were hosting. Sick. <laughs> I was like, the, the name situation is so weird. So you're like, you put so much pressure on it. And then by the end of the day, we we're like, let's just call it that. That's fine. You're like, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. There was this, this story of... I think it was like Lee Iacocca, who is the guy, he used to work for General Motors and then he's a dude who worked for Ford and helped like develop the Mustang and Carol Shelby were talking about one of the like original car, like the first, I think GT350 and they were going around and around with names and stuff like that. And then at the end of the day, they're like, if the car's good, the name doesn't matter. Dude, yeah. If the car sucks, the name doesn't matter. That's so true. (laughs) It's like Like, cool to have a cool name, but. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird names out there of companies who do like extraordinarily well, and you're just—they become like just normal to say. Yeah, you just like 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 even some like Adidas. It's a fucking weird ass name, you know. You're just used to hearing it so much, but like Adidas, right? If you had never heard that word before, you're like, what the hell does that even mean? Totally, dude. I got this new idea, Adidas. Adidas. So did you? You were concepting in the cafe. Yeah, hanging then, out, and then. Did you go straight into roasting coffee? No. So there was actually like a pretty significant gap between me roasting coffee again. So right after that, I, after like I clearly had to move out of Santa Cruz, I went home and lived with my dad for like a month, which I was like, all right, maybe I can go to Sacramento and like move up. Like I now have like a resume that shows I can work in coffee, <laughs> whereas like opposed from like my high school self from like, yeah, I worked at the pizza place. Yeah. I worked at the pizza place. But what what was actually really helpful is the fact that like cat and cloud is like so popular, like just that name that everyone was like, Oh shit. Like you you were for (laughs) who? I was like, yeah, dude, they're pretty tight. I was roasting coffee there. (laughs) I was coffee there. No big deal. Um, I actually almost worked for temple at that time. Okay. Me and Jake would hang out when he, anytime he came to Santa Cruz, he was the head roaster at temple at the time. And, um, he was trying to get me a job as like a production roaster there. Um, and then in order for that to work out, I had to like interview with the cafe so I could do both. And it just like mm. s- some like things just didn't work out somehow. So I ended up working at this place called identity part-time, which was, uh, started by a dude who I think, uh, his name's lucky Rodriguez. He was, uh, naked for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I've known lucky for years. Really? I remember, one the one thing I don't know why I remember this so much. Two thousand eight, USBC Lucky did a performance where he had um like actual candles on the judges table <laughs> and like when he was setting up and like talking to the judges, he was like lighting these candles and like setting this glow thing and it was I don't know it was pretty funny. Dude, that's legit. I think he went way over time. Oh really? But the candles were sick. <laughs> He's like, my performance is gonna go on until these candles die out. He's like, we're gonna tweak this thing hard. Yeah, Lucky's sick. Dude, yeah, Lucky's super tight. So he gave me uh, a job there. And he had, like, he still has, like, a very awesome training setup where he's, like, All right, within, like, 90 days, you're going to be able to do, like, pretty much everything at some point. So you started on reg for, like, the first 30 days. And then you would learn uh, bar for, like, 30 days. And then you'd, like, learn roasting those 30 days. Right, because they cross-train everything. Cross-train and everything. And that's, like, not just for you. That's all employees, All right? employees, yeah. yeah. It was like pretty sweet setup. Um, but at the time he was only having part-time employees. So I was like, just kind of scraping along living at home. I was like, 
didn't have to buy food. So my like everything was like pretty low expense, but I also made a stupid purchase of a car and had like a car payment and that fun stuff. Mm. <laughs> so car, yeah, cars yeah, will dude. kill you. Don't don't get a car loan. It's like the worst thing you could ever do. The Ultima? <laughs> yeah, was, I still have it too. Like <laughs> I like tried to sell it before I moved out there. And then I it's I'm it's on Craigslist right now. So if anyone's shopping for a Nissan Ultima, <laughs> get that Ultima. <laughs> get it. Fuck well, it's yeah. hot. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, yeah, I was there for like not even a month and I like texted Mark one day and I was like, yo, I'm thinking about coming back to New York. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, got a spot for you. I was like, right tight. Sick. So back to Joe. So back to Joe. Boom. Boom. Roasting or barista? Baristaing at the same exact shop. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> it was like, it was one of those things where you're like, man, like a year later and it ended up right back where I started. It was like, it was a weird thing where it's like half of me was like, dang, that was an awesome learning experience. And then the other side of me was like, I'm just, what happened the past year? Like, I don't, I don't think I appreciated the learning experience until later, but it was also just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. You're just <laughs> feeling like I ended up exactly where I was. Right. Like I didn't have that feeling like I didn't do anything when in reality you learned so much. Dude. Yeah. You know, so much like. Yeah, not even just in coffee, but also like life and like, yeah, everything. Yeah. It's just cranking. Yeah. Because how old are you now? I'm 20 now. Sick. Like, yeah. Ripe old age of 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everything that we're talking about is in this like, it seems like this huge epic story, but it's in this like two, two year years. span, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> it's so nuts. Dude, yeah. So you're back this at Joe. Back at Joe making coffee and then you're like fuck it yeah it's it hit this weird thing so i'm back there in september um and like the whole me and dylan are like talking and texting all the time like trying to figure out what it could be and would be and um i was like scrolling through instagram one day and regalia company posted that they're renting time on the roaster and like leading up to this point i was looking at like renting out time at pulley and it just turned out to be like way too big of like a commitment both financially and time wise mm -hmm. um and so i was like I, I don't know what i'm gonna do um so like i pretty much had this plan ready to go and then um i saw the post and was like all right, well, there's the opportunity. Like I like texted him and, um, he was like, yeah, come and see the space and we'll talk and hang out. And it's like, all right, cool. Um, so yeah, it went, went out there to regalia company. This is a uh, Paolo Maliski. I'm going to murder his last name, but it's Maliski or something like that. <laughs> his name's Paolo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, he and Scott Rayo co-own regalia company. So I went out there and, checked out the space and it's like yeah dude this would be tight what's like the rate what's this gonna do <laughs> and um it like ended up being it's so funny how like complex you expect something to be but if once you just start doing it you're like oh this is like pretty straightforward yeah <laughs> um so talked with him and like three weeks later uh dropped my first batch of coffee into a roaster again so that was three weeks after you started talking to him. Yeah. And then bring us into the now, like how, how long ago was that? So this was like two months ago, two months, two, ago. maybe three months ago, two, maybe three months ago. So then let's break this down on just another level. Yeah. Just for anybody who's like really curious, I think it's valuable. So you approach someone about renting space in their roaster. You're just a person yeah. who's 20 years old. 
presumably with not like a shit ton of money anywhere. Like, where did you buy green coffee? Um, okay, so cool, cool enough. He had some green coffee already, um, and he was like, "Yeah, like we'll sell it to you, like basically by the pound." So, oh, okay. so I could buy it like per batch and be like, yeah, "I'm I'm doing twelve pound batches right now." So buy like right now we have the Ethiopia Ucro is like five whatever a pound. I was like, "Cool, I'll just buy like a few batches of that." And that's good coffee. We cupped it yesterday. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm so excited with how it turned out. It tastes good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's legit. So that way you don't have to buy you don't have to buy like a pallet of coffee. Right. You're not spending like thousands of dollars at a time right. buying green. Yeah, because I'm like I really one, I don't think I would get a business loan from anybody if I even tried. It's hard. It's it's a lot of work. And two, I'm like I don't even I don't have enough value for an investor to like believe in a twenty year old kid who like supposedly knows a little bit about coffee. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anyone to. And I'm also like afraid of going into debt again because of this stupid car. Yeah. So, Fuck that car. So I, um, so yeah. And then we start doing that and I'm like saving like every other paycheck to go towards it. And, Bought uh bought one full bag of the Ucro and rented oh, wow. a U-Haul and went out to Jersey, picked it up, brought it back, and now it's sitting in Queens. Sick. <laughs> yeah. So you got one bag of Ucro. Got one all bag yours. of Ucro. All mine. Dang. So do you have a web store? Yeah, it's uh JunoRoasters.com. Um link in bio. Link in bio. We'll put it we'll put a link down there in the show notes. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um so that was yeah, just kind of like slowly like week by week figuring that out and like keeping super tight like personal as well as business budget to like make sure it's somewhat sustainable and yeah going from there what does the website look like like, or how many options are on there if you're going to buy coffee there was two there was the columbia Nariño and then the Ucro, but i just discontinued the Nariño to like kind of just focus in on this guy yeah yeah so there's like that in a mug that in a mug (laughs) It's pretty chill. Yeah. That's basically how we started our web store. Really? Yeah. Well, we were roasting in Santa Barbara. Oh, that's right. And we put up the online store way before our store opened. So we had right. a, I think we had a subscription, which we didn't have any coffees for because we're just like, we'll just buy like little bits of coffee. No one's yeah. going to buy this. And then one coffee, one single origin that's coffee. legit. And then we for sure sold like mugs and tampers like well before we had anything else. That's so funny. And then, yeah, it was kind of, it was cool. It's so like, cool, though. Like, people order stuff, and you're like, whoa, like, you know, not a lot, but no, I'm enough like, to get you hyped. I get, like, a notification on my phone. I'm like, no way, someone bought something? Yeah, it's super sick. <laughs> yeah. So that, and it, it's pretty rad. You get to, like, dig into, I don't know, it's crazy, because it's, like, it's not the same thing as you. It's, roasting is different when you don't have your own home space. Like, yeah. it's, it's awesome to be able to share space, and, like, we roasted at the French Press slash Dune, and then we roasted at Vertigo, and it, it's, like, epic but there's nothing like having a place that's yours yeah that's true because i don't know you One just <laughs> feel more i don't know it's you like feel more plugged in there's so many there's less logistics to jump through of like yeah. oh are you available for me to come in at this time is this gonna be okay and this is like owning something is a little more i don't know yeah. yeah and you said you had a wholesale account yeah i got one wholesale account which is like they're like the most amazing people ever it's joe pro shop they're in they're in chelsea so like oh is that the one with the lever um, do they have the no, lever? Anymore? Who does have the lever? I, I don't thought know. Joe Pro had a lever. They, maybe they did at one time. They're no, at, they don't they got a Strata right now. Uh, I feel MP. like I went in there and they had like the K's, like Ida Compresso. 
That was a couple years ago. Who knows? It's Maybe. the one where it's a small space. Yeah, super tiny. It's like, like merch on the right-hand side. Yeah, they got some merch on the right side and then like a glass wall and then all the offices yeah. and training center in the back. Yeah, yeah. Sick. So they must have did before I got so there. Is that part of Joe? Yeah, so that's part of Joe. So that's like the CEO's office is there and like all the like office people are back there and then like right in front of that is the training center so they have like 10 espresso machines right there and then that's where they like cup and do all the things and then in the front is like a little cafe situation and then they buy other people's coffee just for funsies yeah they have it's really funny because it's like you have like you're either a multi-roaster or you're like a roasting company and they did this cool thing where it's like yeah we roast coffee and here's some other people who we think do an awesome job that's sick yeah hyped super hyped um, but it was, it's kind of cool. Cause I was like nervous about it at first of like, I don't want to be like competing with you guys. Cause you're like, I work for you, but at the same time, like, so do you still work there I now? I still work for Joe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not really like at that level, it's not really competition. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not anybody <laughs> to like compete. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which it's like. When people ask us, they're like, oh, is like Verve mad that you're around the corner? I'm like, dude, they're a fucking huge company. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like we're not making anything close to a dent in what they do. Like, not at all. Stores in Tokyo, LA, like San Francisco. It's, it's not even a thing. No. And it's like, the, the cool thing about it, too, is that like in the specialty coffee industry, it's like the more people that are doing things in the community, like it's just going to be better for the industry as a whole. So like the more roasters we have and the more cafes we have, like... It probably means that there's more people buying coffee, which means it's just boosting the industry as a whole. Yeah. It's there's, like it's tight. There's more people that want to drink coffee. Yeah, dude. If you got Nestle buying blue bottle, there's like a there's like a awareness of specialty coffee and like a need to be filled. No doubt. Like people are being made aware of this like on a daily basis. Yeah. It's some hot shit. It's tight. Coffee's literally and figuratively hot. It's fucking hot. It should be hot. <laughs> it should be hot. So you're two months in now. What's next? Um, so what's next is so we actually had this kind of a cool thing happen where I I send coffee to a bunch of random people all the time. <laughs> Cause I'm like, hey, we we exist and uh, we like what you're doing, so here's some coffee and like, yeah, we're, it's cool. And uh, one thing that we like really like to do is work with a ton of different artists and like creative people. So RJ um, is a dude who does does our video stuff. So if you go on YouTube, type in Juno Coffee Roasters, you'll see like the videos that he's made. Um, and then Kristen designed like our logo and just love working with like as many creative people as possible. Um, and so I sent some coffee to Casey Neistat, who's this pretty big time YouTuber. I saw it in the shot. Yeah. And it was like, it was like really funny because I didn't even like notice it until a little later. And I was like just scrolling through YouTube and I like saw the thumbnail and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How much of that shit do you think he does? Like, un- like just like undercover product placement that you would like never even know unless, because like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how many people are realizing that that's like, oh, Juno Coffee? Like, you didn't even see it. Dude, it's I your didn't shit. see it at first. I was like, dude, is this like? Because I know sometimes he'll be like, read the note and be like, oh yeah, thanks, like mail time or whatever. But like, I was like, dude, how many times is he like just placing things? And I wonder, do you think it has to do with like? you being in new york too is it like a new york thing because maybe imagine the amount of mail that that motherfucker must get right you and know like, what i'm saying right away he opened it it's like he's got to have so much stuff coming 
all the time from all angles like yeah i i shipped that and two days later it was on youtube that's crazy dude yeah that's (laughs) sick and it's been really cool too because like it's opened up this entire new thing of like people like finding us and googling us and then being like messaging and saying dude i I don't know if you saw this but you're on casey neistat's channel it's like it's crazy right it's big (laughs) it's so big that's huge so i mean yeah we'll see so yeah so that's basically led into He's building out the studio right now on 368 Broadway, and he's doing this whole new series on like 368. So now that we know that he knows that we exist, we're gonna try to talk with him and see if something can't come up from that and like some sort of collaborative work with like, hey, you're you like working with creative people. We really like working with creative people. Is there a way to make that connection happen? <laughs> that could turn your coffeehousing company into like a million dollar company overnight, dude. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like sales wise, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like nuts. So, yeah. how many subscribers does he have? It's Ten million. Ten million. That's but, insane. And like on that video, it's it's funny because he's like doing this monologue about this dude sneaking into his office, and I was like, oh, that's that's funny. And some people thought it was me sneaking into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was me. It was totally me, dude. And then, and then he put our coffee up there. How That's great. so sick. I <laughs> fucking dropped it off. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to be hand-delivered. No, it wasn't me, just for the record. It was not me. Um, so, so he was like doing this monologue for like two or three minutes. It was up on the screen. I was like, holy cow. Because you got to talk about it. What's freaking out. Yeah. And like last I checked, it's like 1.2 million views or something. Whatever, dude. No big deal. No big deal. So it's a lot of people. So many people. I like can't even like picture that many people in a room or like... Obviously, that'd be a pretty giant room, but yeah, it's just like that. I don't know. There's like a big difference between thousands and millions, and I'm just like people who have million subscribers are like, I'm like, what? I can't conceptualize that. Like, geez, I look at that and I just don't even know what to do. Yeah, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like when people like they're like, yeah, I make 80k a year, and you're like, holy crap, that's like you can live off that pretty good, and then people make like a million a year. Yeah, and you're like, like, what? How? No, I don't know. Makes no sense. A million. The elusive one million. What do you get? You get like the... um, Because don't you get like the pillow when you get 100,000 subscribers? Like the red pillow play button? Don't you get like a gold thingy? You get like a gold play button or something when you hit... I want that shit so bad. so sick. You have something from YouTube, don't you? No. No, not yet? Not yet. I don't think they have anything for the super small. I don't know when the threshold kicks. I was. Like, <laughs> I don't know how. I'm it sure, works. you'll get there. I'm. I'm. I just. I'm just having fun. Yeah, dude. That's all, that, that's what it's all about, honestly, man. The more I check my analytics, like the more I hate doing it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more depressing it is. So depressed. And it's like I, I don't know. It's probably just placebo, but I feel like everything grows more slowly when you're like watching it, and then I'm just like, I don't care. I just want to have fun. Dude. Like and once try that to, try to interact happens, and, you're like, you just start growing because you're not paying attention. It's to better. It. Yeah. yeah, it's way better. So good. All that shit is way better. Yeah, it's cool. I can't even tell you how many subscribers we have, but I'm pretty sure it's under 100. <laughs> that first little bump is but hard. Like, yeah, it's but like, yeah, I'm like not stressing about it, but it's like, it's like, yeah, it's somewhere. We're just going to keep doing this and maybe something will come up from it. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to try to reach out to him. We're going to like make a little video about whatever and like see what happens. Make it up, <laughs> Make dude. it up, dude. Kind of copying the Patreon dude a little bit, but... Oh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it the, worked, the right? The bearded bald guy or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was thinking there's something in his heart, like, you know, like local young yeah. business owner, maybe. Something. That's like, that's where my head went. Because I was like, I bet a lot of people send him coffee. Yeah, dude. And then he's just like, yeah, I wonder if he has someone that filters his mail. I wonder. And like, this dude's like down with what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like 8 million people sending him stuff. And they're like, yeah, these are the 10 for today. Someone in the mailroom just <laughs> opening mail. I don't know. Before it even gets to his spot. Before what are we at? We're at 115. Holy crap, dude. We went we're, for it. We're going. Dude, that's good. But yeah, man. Dude. It's good stuff. Thanks for coming on. Dude, thank you for having me. This is a blast. It's like full circle from like hearing about you through a podcast and then working for you and now talking on the podcast itself. On the podcast. Uh, it's an honor. It's been fun. Dude, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's cool to catch up because we're always like, yeah, we'll catch up. But then it's like, you never really have like enough time to catch up. Sure. You're just like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, like here like, for a day or two. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to it's catch up. Awesome. And do the thing. So where can people find you? You said your website is? Uh, JunoRoasters.com. And that's also Instagram and Twitter handle and Facebook is Juno Coffee Roasters. Juno Coffee Roasters on everything. On everything. So and you're Nick, aka at Nick Goes Wild. At Nick Goes Wild. If you want to see, if my you want to go wild, day to day going wildlife, <laughs> daily, daily wildlife. Oh yeah. Hashtag daily wildlife. There it is. Dude, hell yeah. Dude. Well, much luck with the stuff. Thank you. And Thank you for having me. Let's. We're gonna wrap this thing up. This is Cat and Cloud Podcast, and you're happier than you were before. Okay, bye. Peace. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Called Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. 